1: You are now about to take a journey with professional advisors Ken Smith and Ethan Broga on Empirical Investing Radio. For more information about Empirical Investing Radio, please call 800-923-4307. Fasten your seatbelts. You're going to need them. Just because the hosts have a sense of humor does not mean their advice won't change your life.
2: Good afternoon, and welcome to Empirical Investing Radio. I'm Ken Smith, along with Ethan Broga. Good afternoon, Ethan. Hey, Ken. How's it going today? It's going very well. Thank you very much. Good. Uh, Empirical Investing Radio is designed to give you prudent ideas on how to build and preserve your your wealth and uh, enjoy the fruits of your labor, as our partner Jack Monteith says. That's right. Um Ethan, today I, I thought we could spend some time talking about retirement planning. Um, Sounds good. Yeah, it'd be great. Um, so I thought we could do that. Before we do that, and, and if you wouldn't
3: mind giving sure. out uh, contact information a little bit about what we're doing here. Of course, of course. As always, you can reach us at, uh, at contact at em- empiradio.com. Uh, feel free to email us anytime with questions or concerns about the show. We'd love to hear from you, and uh, also our our phone number here to the Seattle office is eight hundred nine two three four three zero seven. And if you give us a call, just ask for Ken or Ethan, and we'll we'll happily uh, discuss uh, your questions or concerns. And um, you know, as in the past, we'd love to hear from you. So if you have uh, something you'd like to have us kind of kick around on the show, uh, we'd Love to hear a question from you. And for that, we'll give you a, a, one of our favorite books about investing. Free? Absolutely free. Gratis. Including you're, shipping. You're just listening to
2: the show and you're making money. Is that <laughs> That's what you're right. saying? <laughs> it's good for everybody. <laughs> All right. Well, that sounds like a pretty good deal. I don't know how you can beat free, Ethan.
3: It's a pretty good deal. And uh, to date, we've given away literally uh, probably three or 400 books. So uh, give us a call or email. We'd love to.
2: Well, you're a very generous individual.
3: Continue doing that. All right, that was a little joke. Not, okay. really, not really 300. But not quite there, but we're getting there. Getting there, yeah.
2: Calls are flooding in. Emails, we love your comments and, uh, <laughs> and uh, all of that. Well, Ethan, last week we talked a little bit about what we're offering in terms of a free retirement plan. Right. So it kind of stoked up uh, with the market hitting more and more highs. Right. Uh, I think when a lot of people were saying, hey, we're overvalued, we continue to see the market increase. And uh, not to say that um, we're market timers or are trying to predict the market as many do. Right. Um, all, all we, our advice remains very consistent. And um, so it's interesting when you do see that that advice is paid off um, dramatically for our clients and right. for anyone who's listening to us.
3: Yeah, I would say, you know, good so, advice doesn't really change
2: no it, it shouldn't shouldn't it, change too frequently that's, that's right. for sure mm-hmm. what your cha- what changes is your personal circumstances mm-hmm. and that's what we're going to talk a little bit about today i i thought well why don't we talk about retirement planning i mean it's incredibly important and to be honest i can't even imagine knowing what we know being involved with managing your own investments or or a an advisor who does not, where there's no retirement plan guiding the the process, whether you're, right? Yeah. Getting, it, either you're preparing for retirement, or you have a retirement plan, which is now being
3: executed, and you're in retirement, but you know how that plan's working out. Yeah, and I would say formal retirement plan, like, hey, let's run, let's crunch the, crunch the numbers, examine the reports, and see where we're at, that type of thing relative to, oh, you know, hey, you, you can expect this to grow at, at 7% per year, or something like that, and then, at the end of 10 years, you'll have X amount of dollars, and then you can start pulling money out at X per percent. That's a pretty weak plan, not, not a formal plan. Uh, but you're, we, you're weak. Exactly. Is Arnold in the house? <laughs> <laughs> but you know what I mean? I mean, there, there, there's lots of rules of thumb that you could use. You can plug in and, and run some pretty simple calculations to kind of you know, see where you're at. If you do that, you're doing that on your own, that's one thing, I guess, if you're engaging a, a retirement planner or a financial advisor, and that's the kind of stuff you're getting, you, you probably don't. That isn't probably sufficient, in my view. And right. so what you're talking about is a real, hey, nitty-gritty, let's get down to brass tacks here and talk about uh, all the different things that, that impact retirement and plug it through um, a simulation model. Right. Well,
2: so I thought, uh, Ethan, we could talk then about, uh, I think, you know, when we're offering something here and we're recommending, more importantly, we're rec- whether you use us or not to do this or take advantage of the free... Right. Offer that we're making. I think it's good for you to understand. And it starts with a question about: Do you know what you need to retire? Um, so, first of all, do you have a retirement plan? I guess would would be the first step. And, and uh, oddly enough, most people don't. Right. Uh, and, and so then it's: Hey, do you know? Do you know what you need to retire? Know, and, it, and it starts with a but but even before that, there are some inputs that we put in. I think maybe we we can talk about that. So let's let's talk about the way we build a, a kind of a base retirement plan when we're when we're running this scenario. And if you're at home listening to this, I mean, these are all things you could be taking notes on and taking a look at yourself and uh and certainly would want to be prepared to, to talk about with an advisor anyway right um but they're very important that you know they're important decisions and what is the real value of having a plan anyways ethan maybe you could share your view on that i mean you you were mentioning a lot of cl- new clients that you meet before they come to you and and work with us in a purple. Yeah they they either had advisors, and they still didn't have a plan um or they were doing it on their own they didn't have a retirement plan. Why is it so important?
3: yeah, well, I mean it's important for for a lot of different reasons I think, but I mean it's important for you to know where you're at relative to where you want to be so uh, this is a very good way to test that so in other words one extreme example let's talk about that if if I'm um at retirement age and um or maybe I'd like to retire now, but i don't know if I have enough money to do so. Uh-huh. But it turns out after the analysis, I could have reti- retired 10 years ago. Yeah, I might be upset with that. Or if I'm retirement age now, and after running the analysis, it turns out I have to work for another 30 years because I didn't save enough while I was working you know, for the last 30 years. That's a problem, too. Right. So you, you want to make, make sure that, um, for the most part, you're on track with what you actually want to do in real life. Right. So that's why I think it's important. Otherwise, you're making un- unnecessary sacrifices, or you may have to um, make up for it at times if you haven't saved enough or done the right things beforehand, right? I think so, so. I think to get on the right path, you have to know where you're at currently, and then what will it take to get you where you want to go. Well, so one of the things we we talk
2: about is the duration of retirement. Yeah. So the first thing you know is well when. First of all, what age will I
3: retire? And what what does Social Security have to say about that, Ethan? Yeah, well we're tra- full I mean, full retirement age for, for most folks, um I guess it depends where you're when you're born. Right. Um but it's between the ages of uh sixty five and sixty seven, that's full retirement age for social security purposes. Okay. Meaning that if you qualify for social security, um you'll get you can get your full retirement benefits at starting at that age. And that'll be something that lasts typically for for your the duration of your lifetime?
2: So there's one element already that most of us are involved with and that's the social security component. Right. There's some income there. But for most people that's not enough to maintain
3: a the level of lifestyle. Yeah, right. That, uh, yeah. Social security really is meant to be um a supplement to retirement or make sure that you, you don't aren't living um sort of on the streets, that sort of thing, right?
2: I, I would think that was the original purpose behind it. Was not for everyone to live a lavish lifestyle in retirement off uh, of Social Security. That's but, correct. Hey, we don't want ho- we don't people to be homeless, right? Particularly those who have spent a pretty good chunk of their life working and exactly. contributing. Mm-hmm. Um But I I wouldn't depend on it in terms of this is going to get me everywhere I need to go.
3: Yeah, for most folks, um, that's not true. Okay, it, it won't get you where you exactly where you'd like to be. I'm sure. For most folks,
2: and I, I think for most of us, we'd like to live as a fulfilled a life as possible. Mm-hmm. And while we're not necessarily advocating, uh, you know, somebody be very, um, you know, just looking for the dollar. There, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Then, um, that. Uh, All right. Anyway, you know what I'm talking. I, I guess you so. don't know what I'm saying. <laughs> Someone who's just focused on having money and. Right, um, material things, but, materialistic. Right, there you go. Thanks. Came Sorry around about that. There. <laughs> <laughs> uh, every once in a while, you know, a little help. <laughs> I'm, I'm down under the hole. I know. was looking for my sound effects. I couldn't yeah, find it. Yeah, exactly. I mean, we're not, it's not about just being materialistic and saying, "Hey, I just want to have a bunch of money to go blow or whatever." Yeah, of course not. But there, but it, but there's nothing wrong in my view with you've spent a lifetime adding value to other people through the work you do, mm-hmm. um, and. I think a lot of people do have a little bit of an a uh, an internal debate am- about hey you know should I be focusing on saving a bunch of money and and those kinds of things mm-hmm. and, um you know there there's nothing wrong with having a nice lifestyle and supporting the causes that you care about so social security is going to be a base and we tend to get the statement if you have your almost all of us get those social security statements in the mail yeah so we recommend you recommend usually, Ethan. Uh, you take a look at that. You'd look at the normal retirement age.
3: Yeah, the full retirement age at which time you get, you receive a uh, uh, your the benefits that are not reduced. Um, sometimes, and well, here we'll talk about hey, does it make sense for you to perhaps postpone Social Security? You know, maybe you want to wait till you're seventy or some other age. Um, up to that point, to have your Social Security keep on growing in terms of the payments once you do start. Um, and that really is largely dependent on your, your overall health and expectations for life expectancy. Right. Um, so there isn't any one right answer for everybody. But in general, if, general speaking, if you have a better or average health, you probably would be better off um, postponing if you can. Um, clearly, if you can't, you need the money, then that's something different.
2: Well, and I think that's where planning ahead can help sure. you maximize the opportunity. Right. Um so, I, it, interestingly enough, the you know the person who has put some time and effort and has saved some money actually has more options in terms of maximizing that situation with the s- timing of the social security. Right. Um, because you may be pulling out of an IRA right when you're after you're fifty nine and a half, you yeah. might start taking some taxable distributions out of that. You may choose to do some other things that postponing it could. Could even, your Social
3: Security could make that more advantageous, right? Um, yeah, a right. real a real typical situation is you get somebody who's uh, been saving into a retirement plan, a company sponsored retirement plan, or perhaps a four hundred and three b or something um, through the work, uh, accumulate a large amount of money over a period of many decades uh, in, uh, working and saving, and by age sixty or so, you have maybe you have a million dollars or something in, in a tax deferred account, right? Uh, maybe you're looking at retirement because hey, I've already worked my thirty years, I want to do something different now. Um, and you know, in time, you'll receive Social Security. So between the time you receive Social Security and um, and and you quit working, you need to right. obviously have some there's, income. Uh, yeah. So there's a couple of things you can do, and a lot of folks um, obviously have the ability to have, have saved even further and have funds in, a, in an after-tax account. So a lot of times, what we'll do here is we'll we'll try to juggle, try to figure out what distribution method is most advantageous. You know, where to pull money full from first and, if possible, how to put money into a tax-free account, like a Roth IRA, at the same time.
2: Well, you know what? Let's take a quick break. We've got to get to these paying customers here. And uh, (laughs) we'll be right back, and, and we'll pick up on this retirement discussion on Empirical Investing Radio.
5: The incidence of autism has increased at an alarming rate. Approximately 1 in 150 children are affected by autism, giving autism the undesired ranking as the most prevalent childhood developmental disorder in the U.S. 67 children will be diagnosed today. That is nearly one child every 20 minutes. Autism One, a conversation of hope, brought to you by Enzymetica, hosted by Terry Aranga, illuminates how right now there is more reason than ever for individuals with autism spectrum disorders and their families to have the best hope for the brightest future. Autism. Autism is treatable and given appropriate therapies, children are recovering. With well-known researchers and doctors, members of Congress, and expert service providers from a wide range of disciplines, Terry offers interviews and insights highlighting the progress in areas related to autism spectrum disorders such as biomedical research and treatment, communication, education, and behavioral modalities, sociological and philosophical issues, and legislative advocacy and insurance concerns. Autism One, a conversation of hope, broadcasts each Tuesday at 9 a.m. Pacific on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Autism One, a conversation of hope. Through education and conversation, there is hope. at 8 a.m. Pacific for the Dr. Pat Show with Dr. Pat Basili, radio to thrive by.
1: When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You are listening to Empirical Investing Radio with Ken Smith and co-host Ethan Broga. To call into the program with a question or comment, please dial 1-800-923-4307. That's 1-800-923-4307. You may also send an email to contact at empiradio.com. Now, back to Ken and Ethan. Okay,
2: welcome back to Empirical Investing Radio. Today's topic is planning for retirement. And we're going to get into some some example numbers on a little case that that I'm working on. It was part of that financial makeover. Oh yeah. And I just set up a base plan, mm-hmm. um, and I still have a lot more work to do with uh, with the lady that I'm working with. But at least we can get an idea. I thought, well you know, this, is, this would be good discussion since we were offering to do one for our listeners. One, a, we'll, we'll do something like one a month. Um, but. For those of you who are out there listening and and just haven't thought about it, we want to give you as many ideas on how to approach this and not from the generic, very simplified calculators that maybe you find out on the web, but a little more more sophistication, I guess you could say, a little more thought about it. And so even to the level we were just talking about before the break, Ethan, about Mm -hmm. planning on how your Social Security will integrate with the savings that you build up. Right. And you were saying that you know, we tend to look at different buckets. Mm-hmm. I think, and um, if you do deti- decide to retire or stop working prior to the um, age of Social Security, if you can afford to do that because you've saved, mm-hmm. um, you may just decide to defer Social Security because you looked at some of the economic benefits of that, right. particularly in, in terms of better inflation protection and longevity risk.
3: Yeah. Particularly if you're, uh, you know, if you're if you're married. Uh, it even makes it more compelling to likely defer than, than not. So that would be something to consider, too, and something we talk about with our clients.
2: But in order to defer, as you were pointing out, that means you got to have something in savings, right? An yeah. investment to cover you between the time, unless you work right up until, the, until you're 70, if you deferred it to 70. Yeah, and some
3: people are doing that, too, these days. Some people
2: are. I think if you're young enough... Um, you know, you have the opportunity to try to plan something even sooner, right? Yeah. You know, to, to retire before that, and and or have it. You know, I think a dream of mine, Ethan, mm-hmm. is not necessarily that I'm dying to get out of the workforce or not work. Right. But I'd like it to be that be the situation where I'm working because I love it and I enjoy it, and I want to keep myself occupied, not because I need to to pay my prescription drug. Yeah pills right it's more you know, a to choice. get my meds or, or whatever sure um in simon's case you know meds or what, whatever he needs to keep him on the straight and narrow <laughs> <laughs> uh, we're just kidding just kids. he was laughing so i thought i'd throw him in a the mix there right Very the nice. guy's straight straight as an arrow um right but you know what i mean i do I, I think that's something to think about that why not if you can plan with a little foresight and a little planning mm-hmm. uh be in a position financially to retire at you know, younger than 70, maybe 60, maybe 50. For, yeah, have the choice superior. earlier, sure. And those are all part of the process, and I think that process opens up a lot of doors and helps you set a framework for making decisions. I was saying, well, if Simon gets a bonus, how does he know whether to take his girlfriend to El Gaucho, a very nice restaurant here, right, uh, or down to that Blue Water Taco that you and Sean like to
3: frequent? Significantly yeah. less. They're on cost. different ends of the, the the cost spectrum, and probably quality too. But that's not important for this. That's conversation. right. But you know, have no framework if you
2: really don't know. Hey, I I can, I can retire a year early if I don't do that, or I really need as much as I can to go into my retirement account, mm-hmm. or hey, I'm already on track. So if there's a little surplus, I'm gonna enjoy some of that now because there's not necessarily there is necessarily not a, a problem with enjoying some of life now. Sure. Right. It's, it's really a matter of how you, how you balance those two. Right.
3: So I don't mean to get us off track. No, when, I think we're on track. Okay. We're completely on track here. I can go through a little bit more of my little example about sort of the buckets thing of where yeah. to, you know, if you're in my example, you've been say you've been working for 30 years, you've um, accumulated, let's call it a half million dollars in a, in a tax-deferred account. Maybe you've been uh, fortunate enough to save some additional monies. Maybe you have a half million dollars uh, in an after-tax account. So at retirement, you're age sixty. You have a million dollars in in two different accounts, and a, and a tax deferred and an after tax account, and you're debating as to hey, when should I take Social Security? And um, based on your longevity and the fact that you, if you're if you're married, probably postponing makes the most sense. So you're you like that idea in general? Hey, I'll postpone until seventy if I can. All right. And then in the meantime, though, I have to fill fill a lot of the income gap. What am I going to do? Well. Uh, what you could do, and what we try to, to maximize here, is really your, your after-tax monies. We want to make sure that the money you, pay after, you have after tax is the maximum available. So one, one idea, and really common, is, hey, I'll just not pull anything out of my IRA until I'm 70 when I actually have to. Right. And the whole, the whole time, that'll just build up in tax-deferred, in a tax-deferred nature. And when I finally pull it out at 870, uh, with the required minimum distributions, I'll be taxed as, as to whatever that is at the time. Um, but one strategy would be to, hey, what's, what tax bracket are you actually in currently? At age 60, Uh you know, if you just retired, likely you don't have, you obviously don't have any W-2 wages to worry about. You have uh, probably dividends and interest to worry about in your taxable account, but probably you're in a pretty low bracket at that time. So one strategy would be to start your Roth conversion analysis at the same time. So at age 60, see if you can pull some money out of that tax-deferred account that you save probably 25, 28% taxes on in funding the account and pull it out perhaps something less than that, far less than that potentially, Uh maybe at 10 or even 15%. And uh, to that extent that you can, our advice probably would be at least to figure out how it all works and see if you can put some money into your, your Roth account that would grow tax-free forever right. um, in those years when you're in a lower bracket. It makes, make, makes some good sense. Yeah. And in the meantime, the, your paychecks basically, in essence, would be coming from the combination of either uh, if you have a pension or something or money's from your taxable investment account. Right. And that can last a sufficiently long period of time.
2: I mean you've got some really good basic tools that everyone should be taking advantage of. Four hundred one K, Roth. Yeah. Um, which in a lot of cases you need to save above and beyond what those are if you wanna live a if you want to retire early, mm-hmm. let's say, or you wanna you know, sustain a, a lifestyle of, of with the income you were earning in your peak years. You're gonna need to save a lot more beyond social security and just even those accounts. Sure. Um but it's again all up to you but there are some basic vehicles that that they are our, our uh legislatures put into place that offer some some benefits in which the government's chipping in. Right. Right, and not taking advantage of those is a little bit of uh giving up some some benefits right. that you've deserve.
3: Another thing that we can do with this retirement modeling yeah, the, the, the planning that we'll use um if you have interest in, in leaving a legacy to children or or grandchildren or other heirs we can target a specific amount amount to have left over at the end of your plan, and we often do. Yeah, so you can. Have, and if your 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 goal isn't to leave any, that's fine too. But then that that means you probably can spend more than if you were, right? Right. So figuring out how that all flows in and and and, and flows through your repl- your retirement plan is important. And we can can test different scenarios. Hey, if I want to have X amount of dollars uh, left over when I when I die to to my heirs. Um, how does that look if it's this dollar amount? Or, you know what, I don't really care. I don't really care if the last check bounced. So let's let's run that.
2: I mean, what's your definition of, of success is, in essence, one of the inputs that we use when we're building the plan. Is success that, that when I die, I have zero because I've enjoyed or spent all the principal? Or uh-huh. is success, hey, I, I had something left over that I could pass on to heirs or just gave me a sense of comfort of a cushion? Mm-hmm. So you're right on there, Ethan,
3: yeah, and that's the legacy planning is especially uh, important when uh, with the idea of Roth conversions, because clearly those monies grow tax free once they go into the Roth IRA, but they're also inherited you know income tax free as well, so you're sure. talking about two lifetimes potentially here, yeah, I do like what to it, be spread out exactly like a stretch Roth IRA or a stretch IRA, those things are pretty powerful tools for legacy planning,
2: so coming back to the beginning steps, we were going to build a retirement plan. Mm-hmm we need to know what the social security is, when you're going to take it, and you know how much that's going to be. And we need to figure out um and not only what age are we going to retire, but how long are we going to live? What's our retirement time horizon? Yeah. So how long do we need to we need to generate income for? Yeah. Um because our likelihood of success or failure differs, right? With the longer the time period, the greater the chance we need to build a reserve so because things can go askew. Right. Um, and we're covering a larger amount of income. Now, when do, we, when do you typically default? What, how do you look at the age yeah, I, process?
3: Y- usually I st- when I'm working with folks, I start with 100, just to, just to, be, um, to be safe, basically. We want to have um, many layers of sort of being conservative on our estimates, and I think that's one way to do it. Now, some people may balk at that. You know, there may be clients that, well, you know, my, my family, I don't live past 85 and I'm already in bad health. Well, then we can probably notch it down a little bit. But I, I usually default to 100 and then work it down to maybe as low as 90, depending on uh, who I'm working with. Okay. And I get some input from the client in terms of their, their the longevity, the family history of all that, and their health, that sort of thing.
2: You know, I was reading a book, and um, they were talking about – or I was reading a paper. I think it was from the Social Security side. It was about life expectancies and how they calculate the actuarial tables and all that Part of it is estimating longevity increasing over time. Yeah. But really when you think about it, I mean, most of the scientific breakthroughs, sometimes they come very quickly and unexpected. Mm-hmm. So who knows what's within our lifetimes, what's obtainable? I mean, and I'm just, just take a little journey with us here. But just think if in 10 years, 20 years even, something significant occurred that would extend our life time or our t- our expectancy by ten or twenty or even thirty years um and this isn't a science fiction show here or any of that kind of stuff, but you gotta think about it, and you know it's not just what's available now, but i would i think using a hundred unless you do have already you know tracked trackable health issues that you know is not a bad idea thinking through particularly if you're a younger guy like simon here mm-hmm. uh, he was in his twenties
3: and um yeah. I mean the consequences of being wrong if you estimate too long, that's not there's really negligible consequences. I mean I foregone guess, I, guess, I guess lifestyle you could today. have Spent a little more I suppose, yeah. but you'll be far I less know. upset about that than if you decide, hey, I really planned for eighty, but you lived a hundred. Then yeah. you got problems. Yeah. I mean in terms of the magnitude of problems, that's the the worst one to, one one you want to avoid for sure.
2: Let's take a quick break and then when we come back we'll start going through the other assumptions and inputs and then we'll give you some some ideas on how these numbers work out. We'll be right back.
0: Conceive Magazine is now on the air, live, and on demand on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel every Wednesday at 2 p.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Pacific. Hosted by Kim Hahn, founder of Conceive Magazine. Conceive On Air offers comfort and emotional support to women contemplating starting or expanding their family by consulting noted professional experts and by sharing the insights and experiences of others.
1: When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You are listening to Empirical Investing Radio with Ken Smith and co-host Ethan Broga. To call into the program with a question or comment, please dial 1-800-923-4307. That's 1-800-923-4307. You may also send an email to contact at empiradio.com. Now, back to Ken and Ethan.
2: Okay, welcome back to Empirical Investing Radio. If you want to give us a call, you can reach us at 1-800-923-4307. That's 1-800-923-4307. 4307. If you want us to, uh, if you want to shoot us an email, contact at empiradio.com. That's empiradio.com. We'd love to do a free financial plan, a retirement plan for you. Uh, Just to thank you for listening to the show. So please give us a call. We're talking about retirement planning and some of the inputs, and there's a lot of decisions and things that go into Building a retirement plan, particularly um, because oftentimes, Ethan, there's unpredictable and there's a long time horizon for most people, whether Mm -hmm. even if they're retiring, if you're 60 and we're using 100, there's a 40-year period. And it's kind of like if you were launching a spaceship to the moon, as an example. You really got to get those coordinates down and continue to make adjustments because Maybe just a fraction of a of a of a of a, of a uh, degree off doesn't seem like a lot in short distances, right? I mean, if you were traveling a a mile from here and you were a degree off it, you're not going to wind up too far from the target, right? But when you're going over that kind of a dis- distance, you could be way off of the moon, right? That's for sure. Um, and I don't know. For most people, I mean, in terms of getting to the moon, it's a pretty important thing, and, and I'm sure they put a lot into. Uh, the planning process to whenever there's some kind of a space travel situation there. Mm-hmm. But yet it, it, one of the most important things in most people's lives, they don't take it as seriously, I think, as they should. And I, I think when you look at the amount of time that gets spent in the media, um, whether it's on, you know, the cable networks and or in the publications, Wall Street Journal and these things, Very little time gets spent talking about the importance of retirement planning or or that, or how you should be reviewing it. A lot of it is the day-to-day noise of what's going on in the stock market. Right. And it seems most investors spend their time focusing on that noise, and they don't even have a retirement plan. Yeah. it's, It's a little bit backwards if you think about it. There's nothing... Do you think there's anything that on any of the, you know, like well, I like to make fun of Jim Cramer, but on Cramer, <laughs> more important than your retirement plan? You know, like what stock you think is going to go up or down? Or,
3: All right. Unless you're not um, retiring, I guess, then that wouldn't be important. But most folks, that's not true. At least most people like the, like to have the the option for sure. So I think you're right. So it's worth taking very
2: seriously and spending the time to get it done. So let's talk about, let's get back into some of these inputs here, Ethan. So we need to know right. you're, you're saying, hey, it's not bad to, Estimate a hundred and then make adjustments based on your specific family history, and health situation right um, You make a decision do I want to leave something? Mm-hmm. you know do I want to have zero at the end of my time horizon? So if I'm retiring at sixty, I'm using a hundred to is my life expectancy What's success in the end? Is it zero, or is it hey, you know what I've determined that maybe I need a million dollars, which isn't a lot now in retirement. Uh, but let's just keep it simple. I need a million dollars when I retire to give me the income that I need. Um, and I'd like to sustain that million um, adjusted for inflation over my entire time horizon. So success to me may be that I, I hold purchasing real wealth or purchasing power throughout my time, my retirement time horizon. And at the end of that, I'll leave that legacy right. to family or, or charitable inclinations or whatever it may be. Mm-hmm. Um maybe I'll donate my luxury
3: uh hybrid camry in your case. You know? <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> Any chance Ken gets to, to, to comment on my camry. It's a Camry. It's a, you know, it's a two thousand seven hybrid. It's a, it's a beauty. It runs runs like it runs a little, nicely, it runs very quietly. Purrs like a little kitty cat. And mostly clean. Um, yeah. So anyway,
2: um did you say it purrs like a kitty? I don't think I did. Oh. I think you did. <laughs> whoa just kidding around that's a feisty one okay well anyway we we've got those inputs what else do we need then so it's how much income right that i need then we back out the social security part right now let's talk about this income <clears throat> let's pause here okay um and how you approach that general rules of thumb that you see have sometimes a percentage of what your current income is I tend to look at that in a slightly different way. Yeah, I've heard hear that rule from of thumb too. Like, you uh, know, whether it's seventy. Yeah, seventy percent of my percent.
3: pre pre work or while I'm working income, uh, or eighty percent or some figure of that. Yeah, that's a rule of thumb, I suppose. We would like to be a little more specific about that. Yeah, I mean, maybe that. Uh, I don't know. There's a lot of things that, that that isn't a great rule of thumb in my view. I don't know how how. You know how you plan for that exactly, but we like to be real specific. Uh, and, and as specific as possible when we build these plans.
2: And in reality, I mean, I, I think they get to that number because they say, well, if you were saving, a lot of people may be saving for retirement, right? Yeah. So that's not going to continue. Oftentimes a mortgage, mm-hmm. if their goal was, to, if they owned a house and their goal was to pay down. exactly. Um, so that may disappear. Right. And then what, what other factors? Well, maybe health care expenses go up. Because as you retire in age, your, your health care costs go up. And we don't know what's going to happen long, long term with with our health system. Sure. So it would be nice to plan that in. But I think what we've seen or what I've experienced is that people kind of go through different phases of retirement. And in those earlier phases, particularly after not having to work and all those kinds of things, um, they might find themselves bored and the desire to go out and do things travel yeah that's um, a big one right and and i i've heard very frequently wow i i wound up we wound up spending more than we had budgeted or thought we would because we wanted we wound up doing more things you know so i think that's something you really want to think about yeah and furthermore i was thinking about you know we were talking to simon young guy here up and comer uh tons of opportunity and uh incredibly good looking. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> uh, um it was like, to, like to tease him a little bit. Right. Um but that's here nor there. Now we're gonna get flooded with the ladies calling in for Simon. But he has a girlfriend, right? So he's all wrapped heard up. That. I heard yeah. That. Anyway, um I, I think she was calling during the company meeting earlier. <laughs> that's fine. <funny. laughs> Stay focused. So you know maybe maybe right now the income he's making wouldn't if he just took 70% of that i don't know if that would be ideal because he's not at that the income he'll be making at his peak sure. earning so a little bit of accounting for that would be reasonable would be good. right
3: i also think i mean like you you were alluding to it before but sort of a phased approach like you know I, we have people that i have some clients that just recently um retired we ran, we've been working together for i don't know seven eight years and they got to that critical critical point where hey things really you could you could choose to retire. Um, and so they you know they worked a little longer than they probably uh they actually could have within the scope of the plan just a little bit longer, just a little longer. But uh what happened was this they they we planned in their budget in their their retirement plan that hey in the next 5 years I'm traveling a ton. My expenses aren't really going to go down. In fact, right. I'm going to spend a little more than I than I previously did relative to uh, when I was working. I'm going to spend the next five years and spend you know, X amount of dollars. And then after five years, they're probably going to tone it back down a little bit. And so they're actually going to spend less for the remainder of retirement. Right. And that's, that's a, com- a more and more common thing that we see. And, and then
2: certain expenses will start to go back up again as the, as the health care costs go up later Right in retirement. But yeah. less of the travel, right? And right. So just thinking that through a little bit, in more detail, rather than taking whatever you
3: happen to be at and some flat percentage. Yeah, and that's the neat thing about, one of the neat things about a, a, a sophisticated mm-hmm. retirement planner is that it allows you to make different inputs, you know, change the the, the, the cash you want to spend earlier versus later and, and the timing of all those things. It's very complicated to do it on a spreadsheet or just vis a a calculator. I don't know how you really mean. It can be done, I suppose, but it's really complicated. So this makes it a lot easier to, to input and model and then, therefore, see how that affects the results.
2: So, as an example, the person that I was working with here, um, we're taking a, a specific income. Say it's fifty thousand, as an example. Okay. And even though she has a mortgage, we were talking about the fact that, well, I'm not. I'm still early in my career here, and I'm not living at a level that I want to be at. I want to. I want to get raises. I want to do a little bit better, and I'd like to. Be able to have a little more freedom and stress-free, um, a, a more stress-free situation. You know, I'm living pretty much check to check here, and we're going to do some intense budgeting and go through that process. But it wouldn't make sense then to take seventy percent of that, even though hopefully our mortgage would be paid off. So we're using that number right as a starting place mm-hmm. to look at, um, and that was kind of my our point. Is you know, in her case, we're going to use her current gross income. Because we know that she's not exactly happy, so if she didn't have a mortgage, though, she's like, "Yeah, I'd have some room. You know, I could have some savings. I could sure. do some things. And if I wasn't putting away um, into my four one ks or those kinds of things, that'd be great. That's where I want to be. Mm-hmm. So we're going to use a fifty thousand in today's dollars, and you got to use an inflation adjusted number that makes sense. And right. that's one of the other inputs we tend to. Get some client input on their views on inflation and things like that, but we tend to start with a default of, hey, well, what have, what have long-term average inflation rates, what have they been? Yeah, and so maybe it's three percent, and then you adjust upward or downward based on specific feelings about how you want to
3: hedge against that. Right, and those are one of the things where, you know, when I talk with clients about that, I we default I default generally to three percent. I'm willing to go higher. Than that because I think that just, that would put would put more pressure on the plan, which I'm okay with. Uh, but I know that I, I don't know that I'd be willing to go lower uh, in terms of uh, when I work with folks. I, I strongly feel that three percent or or greater would be reasonable
2: on the inflation rate. Right. right.
3: Yeah, I can agree with that. Yeah. What else, Ethan? Um, oh,
2: you know what? We got to take a quick break. Okay. We'll come back and we'll go through the rest of this, and we'll be right back. Thanks.
1: the boardroom to you. Voice America Business Network. You are listening to Empirical Investing Radio with Ken Smith and co-host Ethan Broga. To call into the program with a question or comment, please dial 1-800-923-4307. That's 1-800-923-4307. You may also send an email to contact at EMPIRadio.com. Now, back to Ken and Ethan. Okay,
2: welcome back to Empirical Investing Radio. It's our last segment. We're talking about retirement planning today. And remember, if you want to give us a call and take advantage of a free retirement plan, 1-800-923-3474. That's 1-800... I'm sorry, that's 1-800-923-4307 is the number, Ethan. That's our local number I gave out first. Uh, 923-4307. And email us at contact at com. All right. You like that? No, I love it. Sorry about the phone number there. That's okay. So, Ethan, we're we're talking about an example. So I was building a base plan where this individual were going to use about $50,000 of retirement need income in today's dollars. Okay. There is a uh, Social Security coming in, and we're taking that at age 67 in this plan. Okay. Um, and so what we've got to do is fund the gap. Yes. And so I was looking at some simple, hey, what could we do um, to do that? And so she hasn't been putting into a 401k or any retirement account, whether it's taxable, Roth, regular, or 401k. So... We've got about um about a thirty two thirty three year time horizon for it to save right um so fortunately she has got lots of time on her side and I think if you look at it um it's not an insurmountable um thing to, to get i mean with w- just consistent savings and so what I put in here um I'm just going to look at the uh was, what if she put $5,000, and this is just a starting place, Ethan, Mm -hmm. in today's dollars, what if she could squeeze $5,000 pre-tax into the 401k? Because as far as we know, she's not getting a match from the employer, which my view on the 401k um, certainly changes depending on what's going on with the employer contribution. Is there a match? Um, Sometimes they're making just non-elective contributions. Sometimes it's a profit sharing. Mm -hmm. and in this case, they gave her some. The balance that she does have, about three thousand dollars, was given as a part of um, a profit share. It wasn't a match, but she's going to verify that there is no match. So I'm just looking at and looking. Another little interesting thing to do is to look at your tax situation. Yep. Look at where the marginal tax brackets are, and you can make a decision around. Well, should I put more into my four hundred one k because that's pre tax right uh to the extent that you're in a higher bracket and very close to being into a lower bracket it's not may, may not be such a bad idea so in this case the contribution in itself could move her you know from that money being in a 25% down into her highest marginal bracket being in a 15 percent mm-hmm. uh, at a 15% level a Roth starts to look more and more appealing to me so in the base plan here i just said let's put 5 in a pre-tax 401k and five into a Roth. Yeah. And say we do nothing else but that. And then that just kind of defaults by inflation or increases by inflation. Well, what, what happens? You know, I don't know if you have any comments on that, Ethan, while I'm pulling this data up.
3: Yeah, I mean, that's... that's how you look at that. That's one thing that's difficult for uh, a person who is probably you know, doing it on their own to to analyze. I mean... You got to work, got to dig through the tax return figure out where your marginal bracket is. And clearly, if you are deferring some on a pre-tax basis to a four hundred one k or retirement plan, that'll impact the marginal bracket. So it's a little bit, you know, it's not like it's rocket science, but it's not like it's easy either to figure that out. And then to figure out then which 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 is most likely the best way to go. Yeah, it's not easy.
2: You know, something else. Uh, there's another very very important assumption before we get to the results of just doing this ten thousand dollars savings a year and how that worked out for someone who. Is about thirty-four and doesn't have any savings yet, really. Right. Um, The other assumption you have to make is what your returns are going to be, and part of that is, well, what asset allocation am I going to invest in? Sure. And given no direction from the client in this, or you know, she's very new to investing. Even though her risk tolerance came in reasonably conservative in a moderate kind of a range. Mm -hmm. When you have no assets at risk, my encouragement to her will be to be to step outside of her comfort range on the risk tolerance, until you build something up that then could get you upset about. You know what I mean? If if you have nothing to lose, it's kind of hard to be conservative with it, particularly when you need those returns to fuel. She's a little bit behind where in terms of getting started at at thirty four, thirty five. Um, I'd like to our guys here, younger guys. I like to see them start in their twenties when they get right out of college, start putting into Roths. i sure. sure. So what I'm suggesting, and I'm just mapping out, hey, what if we did something that's about a 100% equity between curr- her current age and about 10 years out, and then at age 45, dropping that to 70% equity, and then at 55, we're going to go down um, to. Sorry, I got the chart here. We're going to drop it down to 60. Yeah. And then when she at retirement age, we're going to drop it down to about 40% equity. Now that's what those lifestyle life cycle and lifestyle funds basically do. They have their own formula. I'm basing it around her specific situation that's not just risk tolerance or time frame oriented. It's hey, what let's look at capacity and need for return and all that kind of stuff. Um when you do that though, you get different returns that'll adjust over the period of time. The retirement program that we use accounts for market variability, so it doesn't just use a linear rate of return, which is a problem I have with a lot of the retirement calculators online. Ethan, it's just plug in whatever return, and it uses that over the entire time frame, versus the you know relative to well, are we really going to be in the same exact Portfolio, or (laughs) probably not when they're 100 versus when they were 30. Right, hopefully not if they get in touch with somebody like us. Right, Um, so that's what's going on in here. Uh, It assumes that you're using basically indices for the returns, and so the all equity is averaging about almost 11 percent return. It can be debated whether that's reasonable or not, but it's based on the fact that we do do some global asset allocation work to try to tilt towards higher returning asset classes, Right. blah, blah, blah. But we're also reducing it by that inflation factor and some other things. So it's pretty reasonable. So if you did that, Ethan, Uh because we've got about a minute and a half here, two minutes, I don't know. Um, What you come out with was about a – she got into a success rate – that was summary, I was gonna plan summary here. Uh, by doing so at six age sixty seven, she and we defined by the way, in today's dollars, success is a hundred thousand to pass on at the end of the plan. Okay. So at age, I think we use it uh, age um, what I use ninety um, as a life expectancy. So she had about a ninety three success rate accounting for the variability in the market. And she was able then to pull out the, uh, the, 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 the deficit over the course of her, her lifetime.
3: Right, so she had the uh, uh, Social Security kicking in at, you said, 67, I believe it was. And then the difference between that and 50 grand uh, in inflation adjusted dollars is coming from the portfolio that she's saved over that period of time.
2: Yeah, I mean, it, on average, here, um, she gets to about a million at age 67 and then starts drawing on that. Mm-hmm. Um, and in actuality, uh, even though we said success was 100, she, um, she actually continues to grow the portfolio if she stayed within her withdrawal range. Right. So, uh-oh, it's the end of the show. We'll talk a little more about retirement planning next week as well. Thanks a lot, and uh, hope you have a great week. Take care. Thanks for listening.
1: We hope you've enjoyed Empirical Investing Radio with Ken Smith and Ethan Broga. Please join us again next Thursday afternoon at 5 p.m. Eastern Time and 2 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. And for more information about Empirical Investing Radio, please call 800-923-4307. We'll see you next week.